0: Oh dear. (laughs) Welcome to the Coffee and Coding Podcast, where we discuss all things app development. And in this episode, I speak with Antonio Polaris, Senior iOS Developer and iOS Lead at Flexi. In this episode, we talk about what goes into building a mobile keyboard, how you can build your own mobile keyboard app how a mobile keyboard can be used to diagnose medical conditions, and much, much more. Now, on to the show. So, before we get into today's episode, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Flexi. Now, if you're interested in building a keyboard app or building a keyboard into your existing app, like some banks do, banks, I'm looking at you, then Flexi might be for you. So, why Flexi? Well, Flexi is a mobile SDK that takes care of all the heavy lifting that's involved in building a keyboard app. So we're talking swipe typing, autocorrect, next word prediction, all the things that you would need from all the things that you would want your keyboard app to do, but you wouldn't want to build from scratch. Me personally, I definitely don't want to be building autocorrect or swipe typing from scratch when I can get an SDK to do it. So if building a keyboard, whether in a standalone app or built into an existing app is something that is interesting to you, then make sure you head over and check out Flexi over at (coughs) flexi.com. And so uh, I, I read a couple of interesting things about like places that you've worked and that kind of stuff, but for people that are listening, um, can you just give like a, a super brief bio of like who you are, what you do, and, and kind of a little bit about your journey up to this point?
1: Okay. Yes, yeah, sure. So, well, I, I'm Antonio and originally I studied mathematics. I did a PhD in mathematics, but soon I realized I didn't want to continue in this in this world. So I st- started changing careers and learned iOS development by myself. Yeah, I taught myself. And uh, soon when I started, when I finished the the PhD, I started working at a local company. And then I, I started my career as an iOS developer. And up until now, I'm the lead iOS developer at Flexi. I'm very happy here. I'm learning a lot of things, facing many different new problems and yeah.
0: Okay, sweet. All right. So just just to dig into that a little bit. So you said you're a self-taught iOS developer. I'm, I'm a self-taught Android developer. Ra- round about when when did you like when did you start learning in terms of like 2000
1: and Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know the trigger for me, uh, I was a bit lo- a bit lost, and the trigger was when Apple uh, announced Swift.
0: Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: 2014, June, WWDC.
0: All right, so then in terms of like learning yourself, how, how did you go about that? Was that like YouTube or reading documents or, or what kind of stuff?
1: At the moment, I didn't have a lot of money to, to spare, let's say. So I tried to look for free resources on the internet. Um, to be honest, the best one I found at the moment was um, a free course in the old uh, iTunes University, which was a platform... Offered by Apple for free to everyone, and there they used to upload the um, PS one hundred five one hundred one um, from Stanford, and yeah, you know, and that for me it was a great way to to learn the basic stuff of higher development, and they also gave you the tools to to keep learning by yourself, you know.
0: Like that sounds like a great start. I guess the reason I'm asking is because there's going to be people that are listening that are super new as well and they want to get into it and a lot of people are like you know you need to do a course some people like you need to have a degree and all that kind of stuff um i did what you did i didn't specifically follow a course but you know i was on youtube and i was on google and how do you do stuff from learning that stuff for yourself how difficult or easy or what kind of gave you the edge to actually land like a a paid job because essentially you don't have anything to say here's my experience right because you're brand new at this
1: that's That's a good question actually i in a way I was lucky because um, my background in mathematics uh, not only allowed me to, to learn th- things quicker maybe okay you know you with the mindset that you get during the, the degree you, you start to think about things differently in a different way you understand things in a different way so that helped me to, to learn very quickly but As you ask, uh, starting at a company with no experience at all, it was a very, very hard thing. And I think that I was um, lucky because of the mathematical background and the PhD. That's something that, you know, for a company is uh, attractive, you know, it's like, okay, maybe he's not experienced, but he has a lot of knowledge and way of thinking, skills that he got during this uh, education. So I think that that opened the door for me. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, cool.
0: Um, and then am I right in what I read online, which is that your first gig was freelance gig?
1: Yeah. Well, when I say freelance is, you know, I, I use that, those applications that I did by myself as a way to learning, because for me, the best way to learn something is to do something real with it. You know, you can learn a lot of theory about something, but it's when you do something for real uh, real life use it something when you start to face real life problems and when you actually learn to do things uh, the real way. So uh, when I say freelance is like I didn't have paid applications. I also I only build uh, applications by myself to learn and to have a small you know showcase of what I can do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, that's a good answer because that's what I tell people to do. It's like if you don't have nothing, you need to build something to show people that you can do what you say you can do. Okay, sweet. All right, so before we get into like the details of stuff, how different is it? So for people that are listening, I guess the first thing is just a brief overview, like what is Flexi?
1: Yeah, uh, Flexi, you know, we like to define ourselves as the keyboard company, you know? It's like, we, that's very ambitious. I, I know, very ambitious, but we want to get there. You know, we believe that we have a very strong product uh, in the matter of you know how it works and our core business is keep, um text input you know text input so uh, we want to flexi's purpose is to democratize the access of language input technologies to to everyone across any medium that's what flexi is
0: okay sweet kind of what i'm interested in i imagine most people that are um watching or listening to this myself included never worked on a keyboard right Like, I don't have to build apps, any type of apps, I could do it. But keyboard, to me, sounds like a whole different thing. So how different is it, like, in terms of what you do, because you're working on the SDK and stuff like that, how different is that from building just a regular app?
1: Yeah, it's quite different. Yeah, yeah, I can say that it's quite different. Uh, There are some similarities, okay, in the case of iOS, which is my expertise. uh, There are many APIs that are common for an application and for a keyboard, but in a keyboard, you have a much more constrained environment, okay? Uh, There are some things that are thought to be used in applications that you cannot use in keyboards. Uh, So, okay, we have some UI. Uh, This is similar to an application. There are many SDKs that don't even have a UI. Okay, that's some similarity there. But it's very concrete, very precise for a keyboard. And apart from this UI, the rest is very, very different. We, We are, as I said, very constrained by the system because we are only a keyboard that is meant to be used in an application, which is the one part of the iOS system, the system that needs to, to take up all the resources they need. So we need to be, you know, in the background. We don't need to, to be in front of the user, making things difficult for them. So there are many, many things to consider when working on a keyboard that you don't need to care about so much when working on an application.
0: That makes sense. So then I guess part of what, Flexi does is takes, or I imagine a lot of what it does is takes away that headache from if I want to build a keyboard for my app, I don't have to build a keyboard for my app essentially, right? So so kind of how does that uh, integration work? Because you said you have a you have a UI and some don't, but I assume also like if I wanted my own UI, that's an option. So like how does that kind of integration work?
1: Building a keyboard from scratch is a, it's a very, very difficult thing to do, okay? Because I mean it's not only you know putting the keys together in a QWERTY layout or something and start typing, no, no, it's, not, it's nothing like that. You need to to work on user experience. you need to give the user some advanced features that are not easy to implement, like I don't know. The first one that comes to mind is autocorrection. When you mistype something, you want to let the user have the the word they expect it to, to type, right. So, and, and apart from this, I can name a lot of these small, small, uh, quote small uh, features that are not easy to build in a keyboard. So, putting everything together in a keyboard extension is a very, very difficult task. That it could take, I mean, months, years, maybe, and even so, you may not have a good quality product, which is your, should be your purpose. So. You wanted to build a keyboard with Flexi, and you said that maybe you wanted to have a custom layout. Okay, so these are two separate products, let's say. Okay, we we have a keyboard SDK, which is our main product, let's say. And with this SDK, you can build a keyboard, and we provide the UI, we provide the layouts, we support many different languages for you out of the box, but you don't have a lot of power. On the layout, because you only want a keyboard and functioning keyboard, you can customize it. uh, You know, you can add your custom themes to it, your colors and background, something like that. But the layout is given for you because you want it easy. You want a keyboard out of the box, working right now, and adding my own layer on it to make some other things. Okay. If you wanted to, to have a very custom keyboard. Where you control the layout. I don't know, maybe you don't want to have the vocals, the vowels, I'm sorry, the vowels anywhere, because I don't know. A silly sample, okay? Then we have our second product, which is the chorus decay. This chorus decay is uh, you know, it's something that we took out from the original keywords decay to allow everyone to have the basically the autocorrection engine, the next word prediction functionality, and the swipe functionality. So in this case, with this Core SDK, anyone can have their own keyboard, whatever they need. They own the UI, they draw the UI, but we provide a very easy way for them to have autocorrection, next word prediction, or swipe if they want to. So this second use case that you mentioned would be covered by this Core SDK.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. So something else that I I was thinking about. So to me, all of this makes sense in terms of like, if I want to build a keyboard app, right? So like on Android, we had it for a while, then iOS has it. So you can do it on both. Now I want to build my own keyboard app because you know, I want a green keyboard, whatever it is. So I could go ahead, I could drop this SDK in and it does a bunch. I mean, it does all the stuff that I don't have the time or the knowledge to do behind the scenes. Right. But if I don't want to build a keyboard app, the use cases that come to the top of my head is like my bank has its own keyboard because it wants to make sure that my password's not intercepted or whatever, fine. But aside from that, what other use cases or reasons would somebody want to use this SDK if they're not building a keyboard
1: app? Yeah. For example, uh, maybe you have a text editor, right? You, you have a text editor application where. Okay, you, usually text editors work very well in English, right? Usually English developers or English is the main language. So English is normally very well supported everywhere. But if you uh, want to support a different language, things get more tri- tricky, right? It trickier. So RQSDK could provide this application, this hypothetical application, auto-correction or next-door predictions functionalities in a text editor for a wide variety of languages for example that's a use case that that came to mind
0: so some of the other ones um because i was having a google before and i read something um i think it was on the website but it may have not been which was that it could also be useful for kind of like Data capturing in terms of so some of the things that I read was like uh which I thought was interesting was like healthcare. I assume you can do stuff where people are typing in it and there's some sort of algorithm that somebody could use the data to tell you, you know, this person's typing too slow, it could be a problem. I don't really know. Um so is there anything that's like interesting use cases that you've seen it used for?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. And that's actually the the power of our SDK. Because yes, as I said before. You can very easily build a keyboard, a custom keyboard, and that could be enough for you. But we found that many, many customers of ours needed, they maybe they weren't uh, very technical people. And as I said before, developing a keyboard by themselves is a huge task. That and, and also they need some keyboard that people are going to end up using. And for that, you need a good keyboard, right? Otherwise, people wouldn't install it and that's it. But these companies, maybe not so technical, they wanted to access some of the um, data provided by the keyboard, for, as you said, medical reasons. maybe they want to know if a uh, parkinson or maybe you know a parkinson mm, patient is getting worse, and that the keyboard can provide very very insightful information about these these pathologics you know so but You know, for them to get to that point where they can get this information from a keyboard, they need to do a lot of things. They need to build a keyboard, usable keyboard, and then implement these data capturing functionalities for them to actually analyze the behavior of the user when typing using the keyboard. So what we provide to them is, uh, as I said, full feature keyboard out of the box. You implement your SDK, and then you get this. Information you know always always privacy focus of course, but the idea is to to provide them with useful information for them to analyze and for example know the evolution of a patient or trying to detect some uh, some disease before it even is visible by other medical you know procedures so that's the actual power of our first decay we are actually allowing Things that the native keyboard cannot give us. I mean, I'm talking about, about iOS, but this also applies to Android. Okay. So we have many, many clients that uh, you know in healthcare, uh, marketing, a lot of things that this information is very useful for them to, to analyze how the user is typing, you know, not what it's not so important what they are typing, but how they are typing it.
0: Okay. Okay, sweet. All right. So without you can skip this question if if this this is if you don't have the answer but without getting into like you know trade secrets what kind of data can you get from a keyboard that could tell you if somebody's parkinson's or something like that is getting worse
1: okay well this part uh, goes out of my expertise of course because we you know we usually provide the data that they need to do their analysis and they are the experts in this field which is the good thing right so For example, we provide accelerometer data because when the user is typing, maybe they are, you know, uh, shivering or something and the keyboard gets this information and this could provide very useful for them. Or, for example, there may be neurological diseases where some user tends to press every keyboard slightly to the right, you know, and this could be a sign of of some disease that I don't know, (laughs) sorry, but, you know, this... Uh, or the time taken between uh, typing, you know, between key presses. This, you know, very concrete information, which is meaningless for 99% of the population, for expert people, could be very, very insightful, very useful to, to obtain. And as far as I know, right now, using a keyboard, our product is the only one that can, that can provide this kind of information.
0: Cool. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's just super interesting. Cause I didn't think how I, I just figured it would be stuff like a uh, time takes it type to type something or maybe like how many times you misspell stuff. I didn't think about like, you know, they could be shivering or they could not be hitting the key in the middle. Cause for whatever reason, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Okay, cool. All right, cool. So in terms of like the future of flexi, so like what you mentioned, you know, you have all this stuff now, like, in my head, at least, it would be what more can you do with a, a keyboard SDK? So, like, what, what does the future of Flexi look like?
1: Yeah, so, uh, maybe I didn't say it before, but our mission, you know, is to, to build and provide the, the foundations of typing, of language input, to, to outstanding products, okay? So, where we want to go is that, I mean, it's ambitious, but we want to get there is that writing or typing in any device, in any language, is, means writing with Flexi you know? So, we are currently, we are serving a wide variety of mobile applications, you know? Uh, But we want to to go further. We want to democratize, it's a word that I like a lot, democratize these language input technologies across any medium, okay? So, what everyone including myself (laughs) thinks immediately is mobile applications, smartphones, tablets, computers, but the truth is that uh, in our day-to-day lives, there are many, many keyboards, you know, in ATMs, uh, televisions, cars, and AR or VR. So we want all this typing experience to, to go through Flexi because we believe that we have a very good way to, to facilitate this, these technologies, okay? Because we want the best user experience. That's where we want to go, you know, uh, mostly.
0: Okay, sweet, all right, so just based off what you said, and again, if, if you don't have the answer or you don't want to answer, that's fine. but are there any um keyboard experiences right now that use Flexi that people would be surprised to use Flexi
1: right now, to be honest, outside of these medical fields that are the ones that I think are more choking or ma- more impressive you know I don't think that currently we have something like that, but we intend to go there you know we we have internally we have some you say some uh, prototypes working in some different products that you would even think wouldn't even think about, you know. So uh, still, we don't have anything in public yet, but we want to go there. We want to go there.
0: Makes sense. And then, and then, in terms of like, uh, what's already available in the app store, and and again, this might be the same question, but like, so, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Keyboards that I could think of on Android would be like SwiftKey, right? I assume they they use they build their own stuff or whatever because they've been around for a while. But are there any like popular keyboard apps that use Flexi right now that you wouldn't know because you would just say oh it's SwiftKey, but actually underneath the hood it's not.
1: We have a very recent uh, success story with our customer with our developer friend Bayasa, uh, and he had a keyboard that offered in iOS. He had a keyboard that he was he's very successful uh, with this keyboard application and he offered a way to a very you know visual keyboard with and his um, it's power was uh, that it provided a way to type with using any font okay and he built a keyboard by himself but he needed a way to have these difficult features uh, implemented in his application right I'm not saying that he he could have done this by himself, but it would have taken him a lot of time, a lot of time, for sure, a lot of time. Yes, a lot. So, uh, he integrated our uh, chorus decay, which does not include a keyboard because he already had his keyboard, okay? But he very easily integrated our chorus decay and he recently uh, launched the update with Autocorrection, network prediction, and swipe typing like that, you know, from in a month, maybe less. And for him, it was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I can have this with this little effort, you know? For for him, this was a huge success. Uh, well, his application is called New Cool Phone Keyboard. You can download it for free in the App Store. And this one is a, a product uh, backed by Flexi.
0: Okay. And then um, last question before we move on. So people that are listening, they want to build a keyboard into their app, or they want to build a keyboard app or whatever it is that they're doing. They want to do something with a keyboard. How do they get access to the Flexi, Flexi SDK? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So the, the best way to access our Flexi SDK is to go to flexi.com, our website. And there they will find the developers tab. So that's the perfect way to get started. Okay. So we, we really, we want to, to get in touch with developers. Okay. Uh, whether they build an application with overall text processing or maybe they want to innovate something in this field, okay? We we empower them. So please, I would ask anyone listening to not hesitate to to visit our website, flexi.com, and maybe drop us a line, okay? Uh, There, as I said, they have the developer's platform, and they can sign up uh, and start creating great custom keyboards. Very, very easily, as I said, I want to you know, emphasize this because it's very, very easy using our keywords SDK or our SDK, depending on what their need is, okay? Also, we have all the documentation there, um, even some demo projects to, to make them life easier, you know? so that they can integrate our SDKs very, very easily. I, I want to emphasize again that it's very, very difficult to, to develop a full feature keyboard that works okay okay that works okay so it takes a long time huge effort and still as i said it it is this no guarantee okay to get you there so i would say anyone to that has an idea for this do not hesitate to use our sdk because they are going to find out that it's very very easy very easy really and very powerful at the same time
0: sweet okay cool all right so then um, I have one last question, um, which is not at all keyboard SDK related. So one for you, and then we're good to go. So a question that I like to ask everybody on the show, what do you think separates an okay developer from a great developer?
1: I'm going to, I mean, uh, a real answer, let's say, would cover many, many aspects, okay? Because I don't think it could be summarized into one aspect. But for me, a very, very important one is communication, um, communication. Not only with your fellow developers, okay, but also to maybe uh, non technical people, okay? So maybe to project managers because, and this also applies to other developers because sometimes you are very, you know, focused on a task that you are working on. You are stuck, you have a problem that no one else knows about. And if you try to explain this problem, this task you're working on to somebody else, many times we tend to, to assume things that they know, even developers, not only non-technical people, but also other developers, and uh, letting them know what we are working on, what our problem is, what we need, is not very easy sometimes, you know, because we assume a lot of things that they don't need to know about. So, being able to step out of your problem, abstract your problem, and communicate to a fellow developer, or to your project project manager, in a way that you adapt to their knowledge level, is a very very difficult task that I've encountered. That is very difficult to to have. So I think that this separates a good developer, okay, developer, from a great developer.
0: Okay, sweet. That's a really good answer. I feel like you were prepared for that answer. So uh,
1: actually, I have, and I listened to to uh, it, it was fun, funny because. I heard this answer in a podcast, a previous podcast, and I, sorry, I heard the, the question, okay, and then I, I thought of an answer, and then I continued listening to a podcast, and some recent said uh, the host said a similar thing. So, but I wanted to stick to my initial idea because <laughs> I actually think that it's a. Appropriate answer.
0: I was going to say, communication is a lot of people say that because it's a big one. It's not It's not always about your coding ability, and it's, it's like those are things that you can improve, but communication is super key. So, yeah, it's a good answer. It was a good answer. Okay, cool. And then, last question is uh, where can people find you online, um, you know, Twitter, any of that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah they can find me on Twitter, AJ Payares, which is my initials and my surname. And they can find me on LinkedIn, also in Mastodon recently, but don't post much there. But yeah.
0: Okay, cool. I'm still yet to join Mastodon, but I'll get around to it at some point. um okay, sweet so uh, before before I uh, hit stop, is there anything else you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask?
1: Not really. I mean the same as I said before, please, everyone that is slightly curious about a keyboard, uh, please don't hesitate to to visit our website because they are going to have a product, a usable product, very good product, very quickly. so maybe this we could power. Them for a great product. So that w- that's what I would say.
0: And that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or fellow developer. And if you really want to support the show, you can do so with a coffee donation at coffeeencodingpod.com forward slash donate. And if you don't want to miss future episodes of the show, make sure you follow or subscribe in your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode
1: of the Coffee Encoding Podcast.